is speaking a business or is it just a way to generate leads? And can speaking survive the pandemic, however long we have left in it? I've got the perfect person to answer that question for us. It's my friend Phil Gerbyshack on this episode of The Inside BS Show. Hey, Phil, thanks for coming back on the show. Welcome. I am glad to see you look fantastic. How are you feeling? You know, much better, man. COVID, uh, COVID knocked me down. I'm probably back 95%. I still have days where I have to nap, but I feel pretty darn good. Thank you. How did you, how did you get it? I, cause I know you're careful. How did you, how did you get it? Did you get it in the supermarket? Like where did, where did it come from? I think, I, I don't know for sure, but I think I got it from our five-year-old. He, uh, he goes to, sc he goes to school. Um, you know, he needs a socialization and it's a smallish class, you know, 15, 16 kids. So they don't socially distance, but they're pretty good. The teachers are really good. Every day they have to get their temperature taken for symptoms. Uh, but yeah, I, I actually think he didn't, he didn't bring it home like himself. I think he carried it on his backpack or something else because he never got sick and neither did our 14 year old. He, he didn't get it at all. Nope. Nope. Just me and my sweetie did. Yep. And so what did you guys do with the kids when you had it? Well, thankfully, uh, their dad, uh, oh, they okay. went with their dad. So, okay. yep. So they, they went, uh, they went over by him. They spent two weeks there and yeah, they missed my birthday. We missed Thanksgiving. We missed everything in December, man. It was brutal. Yeah, I know. I know. But you got antibodies. So once you, once you shake off this, uh, the rem the remnants of it, you know, you'll be, you'll be in good shape. I mean, you'll, you'll definitely be able to get through until you get a vaccine and then, you know, you guys never have to worry about this again. I bet the kids have some sort of immunity too. Did you get antibody tests for them by any chance? Uh, we, no, we didn't get antibody tests. We got tests to see if they had it right, mm -hmm. right away. That was the thing they went with, with Steph immediately to see if they had it. Cause I was, I was the first one hit. And then about, oh, I don't know, about 48 hours left. Then Stephanie got hit. So we're like, nope, we're all going, we're getting tested. And I actually got tested earlier that week. Uh, one of it said negative, one of it said positive. So I got tested again and it, it was positive for sure. The blood test was, so I'm like, okay, I'm positive. I'm just going to deal with it. So yeah, five or six days flat on my back. Yeah. Just, yeah, no good. And did you have, did you have like pulmonary involvement? Did you have any breathing issues or no? No, no. I think I slept through them to be quite honest with you, Dave. <laughs> Listen, the, the main thing is you're, you're healthy and you're back in action. You look really good. So Thanks. I'm, I'm really, I'm thrilled that, uh, that you guys came through that. All right. Okay, so Phil, you're the um, you're the the president of the of the Central Florida chapter of the National Speakers Association. What the hell are speakers going to do now, Phil? Well, I'm I'm hoping first of all that they do either completely virtual or they do hybrid, because it, interaction is interaction is interaction, and you have to be more interactive than ever before. I mean, on stage it's different because you can say, "Well, talk amongst yourselves." Well, you might be able to do that in Zoom, right? You can send them to a breakout room, but you have to really help facilitate that even more. And you can't count on having five or 10 plants in the audience that make it look like, yay, we're really engaged. So hybrid, I think, works. I think the other thing is we have to deliver in smaller doses as a speaker. Few people are wanting to sit even for an hour through things. So you have to really think about how do I deliver this, even if it is a full hour, in eight to 12 minute doses so that people can break that up. They can get up, they need to, they can use the facility and then come back and really not 
they might feel like they missed out, but they feel like they picked up where they left off. So you have to almost chapterize all of your programs. And then, you know, frankly, if you're really an expert who speaks, not just someone who's really good on stage, but if you actually know your topic here, if you're actually an expert in the craft, well, then you should offer some coaching, maybe some masterminds, you should offer some courses, you should do different things because if you're just a one-trick pony who wrote a great book and now you've got a great hour keynote, good luck because I think that time has passed for, for most of us, not for all of us. I mean, you, you I, there certainly will always be a need for the celebrity keynote. I think, you know, depending on the time, right, there are politicians, there are celebrities, um, movie stars, stuff like that, and that people still want to see but they want more meat than ever, and it's got to be actionable meat, not just meat that you're like, oh, that's really good, sizzle, 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 I can't do anything with it. Mm -hmm. so, when you, so when you share that message, uh, by the way, uh, you, you and I, not surprisingly, are in 100% agreement on this. So when you share that message with your brethren in the Central Florida chapter, and by the way, strong chapter of the National Speakers Association, really good i mean amazing some of them are amazing speakers in that chapter you share that with them what's their reaction well now that we're further in i think people are most people would agree with that i think initially there certainly was some despondency i mean that was their sole source of revenue is getting up on stage and speaking or doing you know and doing a promo video and then handing that off and frankly, not having to work very hard because they're still getting spin-off business from programs they did in audiences three, five, ten years ago that maybe you're too busy to hit or maybe the dates didn't work. Well, now, now it's very different. Now, they're, the only audience is the captive audience. You're not inviting in friends or family. It's just the folks there. So they're a little bit freaked out by that. But I also think for many of them, this was an opportunity for them to do what they knew they needed to do and that is to up-level their content, up-level their production value. You know, we're seeing speakers are getting better cameras. They're getting, they're understanding that a virtual background, it, when done well, can be super effective. They're understanding that it's not just, you know, talking head to the camera, but really you have to deliver something else on that. You, you have to still gesture, right? I mean, my hands are purposely up here because that's where my face is. That's some motion, right? Because... I, could I get up and walk around? Sure, I've got a standing desk, right? I could do that, but we're sitting still for an interview. And that's the other thing is most of your audience now, they're not sitting in the audience. They're sitting at home at a desk or maybe on a couch and they're watching you as well. So they want you to be at the same level, but with way more energy and way more insight than ever before because you're competing with the TV, with the laundry, with the kids, with the dog, with, with lunch, the fact that I've got to do this and I've got to do that. Holy crap, I'm only got eight hours to get all this done. And I think, so for them, if they're willing to, to take advantage of the fact that this is now going to be different, probably forever, I think they can really win. And so some love it and some are like, oh crap, that's too much work. So they've gone back, some of them have gone back and got corporate jobs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I think back to, I think back to, wow, Listen, this is the third time that I've that I've been through this. I think back to 9-11. I think back to 2008, 2009. Yeah. Every time people who are the one trick ponies, just the speakers, they're shocked. Absolutely shocked. What do you mean? What do you mean I can't get on a plane and go give a speech? Are you kidding me? I'll always be able to do that. As long as I'm not dead, I'm going to get on a plane and give a speech. Well, good luck with that, right? 9-11, they shut down air travel. 
2008, nobody had any money. Nobody was going to any events. So the people who were putting on events, if they didn't file for bankruptcy, they postponed their events. And now you're going to go get up in front of a room. Really, tell me how you're going to get up in front of a room full of people that is putting their lives at risk to get together. Now, granted, some... I've seen some in-person meetings. I did, I did an interview with a gentleman just two days ago who has a, a speaking training company. And he said, listen, my virtual training is going great, but some people want the live interaction. So we took a room for 300 and we put 75 people in it and they felt comfortable coming. Okay, maybe there's, you know, there's 5% or 10% of the total opportunities that used to be there. So you gotta be the one person or one of five people they invite to do that, and then they gotta have enough revenue in order to be able to pay you, right? So this is not something that is going to be a temporary change. This should have, you know, I'm talking to speakers now, I'm not talking to Phil, I'm talking to speakers. This should have been your business model from day one. So take this opportunity to do what Phil said, either get a job, go sell real estate. There's, you can make a lot of money selling real estate. You know, go back to work and become a director of marketing for a good company and make a good salary and speak once or twice a year. That'll, that'll fulfill. And you can still be a member of Phil's chapter. It's fine. It's totally fine. But the days of you following Norman Schwarzkopf on a pro, oh, he's dead, right? The days of you following Colin Powell on a program, right? And being the guy who speaks after Colin Powell or the gal who speaks before Colin Powell, that's over. That's, that may come back in three years, but you don't want to wait three years, right? You, 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 can't, you can't do that. All right, so Phil, people need to master, what do, you tell me, what do we need to master in order to shift this business? So I'm a speaker and I just heard Phil Gerbyshack say, okay, it's over. You got to figure out another way to make money. What do, what's the first thing I do? Well, the first thing you do is you better own your platform. You better own your platform. So you better have a good website with an email and or text opt-in so that you can communicate with them, right? That's the first thing. So my, thing. my AOL, I, can, I can't use my AOL account anymore, Phil. It's, you know, it's, it, it's <laughs> Dave Lorenzo 69 at AOL. That doesn't work? <laughs> well, that works, but that's not going to work. You can send email from that, but that's not the mass way, right? You have to be able to be there, and, and you have to have a way to frequently communicate. And as we've seen, right, any of the platforms, they can shut us down for any violation of service, any violation of service that they deem appropriate, their businesses, okay? You don't whine about freedom of speech. Just accept the fact that any business can shut you down at any time. And honestly, that does include your website. That does include your, your newsletter list. But I'll tell you what, if you have a good website with good content and you've gotten permission to communicate with people and you're not trying to inflame them, that's your first thing, right? Your first thing. Your second thing is you better master actually making some phone calls. Mm. You better master actually making some phone calls because frankly, like it or not, right, people's phones are right next to them and so many people are allergic to the telephone. Mm -hmm. You have to be willing to make some phone calls. And then third, and maybe just as important as the other two is, you better practice getting good on video or be willing to hire someone who can hold the camera for you so that you don't look like a schmuck. Because here's what you don't want, right? Hi, Dave, I'm talking to you here, and uh, yeah, it looks really good here, and I'm looking down like I'm navel-gazing. Right. That's a problem, right? So, so jazz that up, you know, invest the money, a good website, somewhere between three and 10 grand, a good um, you know, email marketing slash 
text marketing platform, 100, 150 bucks a month uh, that does both. I'd encourage you to do both because most people are opting into text. Mm, uh, and then, you know, up level your camera, right? Make sure that it's at least 1080p. Make sure that it does something in HD. And frankly, if you have one of the new iPhones and you can convince someone to help you, you can actually use your iPhone on a tripod as a great camera and maybe another camera angle in addition to the one right in front of you that you place on top of your computer or just get a little camcorder that's HD and then one of the little there's little boxes that you can plug into that but get used to being on camera all the time I started this about five years ago like all the time being on camera and somebody said wow like you know all the tricks well it's been five years <laughs> of probably 500 to a thousand hours a year on camera of course I know all the tricks, right? So, and I mean, even too. if it wasn't five years, you've had you've had since March thirteenth, twenty twenty. Yeah, but some have resisted, right? Some have resisted that. So I would say, you know, it does take some time. Practice, practice, practice. Uh, get used to not working, and then I guess last but not least, as I'd wrap around that is always be ready to up level again as things change. Because initially it was just, oh, can you click the right buttons on Zoom? And then, oh, can you add a virtual background? Now, hey, can you do a multi-camera shoot? Hey, can you be really cool and bring up your slides next to you? Oh, hey, can you do this? Can you do that, right? So you will have to up-level if you want to get the top fees. Otherwise, you know, you can probably get a thousand bucks a speech. If you want to hustle your face off, you could probably do a hundred or 200 of those a year, and that's cool, but you're not going to get the referral business that you did. So hustling, for 200 gigs a year is a lot of freaking work. I would encourage you instead, up-level, raise your fees, and be better at that stuff. Oh, my God. I can't imagine doing 200 speeches a year at $1,000 a speech. First of all, the marketing work, it would you're talking about to get uh, to get 200 speeches, you would, have to, you would have to reach out to, I mean, if you're good, you'd have to reach out to 20,000 people to get 200 yep speeches first of all you'd have to find 20,000 event where, where, where the hell are 20,000 event coordinators I, I can't find 10 there's nobody you know I mean you're the the event coordinator role for these even for these big associations has now been assigned to the most efficient administrative assistant because they're like well we're not going to have any live events in 2021 so you know give me a zoom meeting every week find somebody to teach people something every week that's that's the association playbook for 2021. Go find me someone who will teach our members something every week. So I need an admin to do that. And I need somebody to send out renewal notices and I need somebody to publish our newsletter. That's the, you know, that's the association model in 2021. And they're, they're like holding on like a cat on a ledge, you know, just trying to get by. Um, I mean, we can, we can solve the association businesses problem in a, in a different session, but it's not a it's not a healthy business model for you as a speaker. You're not gonna and now somebody's gonna hear you say, "Wow, two hundred at a thousand, you know, blah blah blah." I'm, I don't need that. All I need is fifty. I, I just need fifty thousand dollars to pay my expenses. So I'm gonna go find fifty. Good luck finding fifty. Yeah, you know, it's hard. There there are not people out there now. I have events that I that were booked and paid for, and I followed up with these people in September, and I said, "Listen." We didn't do the event. I have like a half dozen of them. We didn't do the event that you paid me for. I know there's a there's a clause in the contract that says, you know, if we don't do if the event is canceled and you don't reschedule within a year, you lose your money. 
I'm going to waive that. Just let me know when you're going to do the event. I, con I contacted them in like October. They said, you know, most of them said, ah, don't worry about it. Some of them didn't even get back to me. I contacted them again right after the beginning of the year. And all of them are like, we just don't know what we're going to do. So it's a goodwill opportunity. I'm going to keep, I'm going to, you know, I keep inviting them to webinars that I do that I charge people for. Your members can attend for free if they want. I offer to do that. I've, some of them I've done some webinars for free just to keep the goodwill going. But that's like six people. And the six people are not the people I originally booked that stuff with. Those people, unfortunately, I laid off, right? Yeah. So, I mean, we got to... Yeah. Uh, you, you, you cannot, this has got to be a wake up call for a lot of people. Your business model as a speaker is over, over. Um, okay. Yeah. So tell me when you're doing your, when you're doing your NSA meetings now, when you're doing your, uh, central Florida, uh, you know, uh, national speakers association meetings now, are they, are you, are you helping people, you know, make the, make the adjustment? It's a, is this like rehab for speakers? How does it, how does it work? Yeah, so it depends on the month. I mean, we have a we have an event every every month, and then an event in between the event. And absolutely, it is really about more leveraging technology this year, multiple streams of revenue. I mean, this past weekend, actually, we had Nate Woodbury in who talked about YouTube. He oh, consults YouTube. With a lot yeah, of I, I actually yeah. I have an interview with him coming up. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, Nate's brilliant, right? He talks about how you can make six figures in video, and he'll tell you though it's not one video. It's 250 videos in a year mm -hmm. to make that work. So I'm not going to spill all Nate's cookies, but that's absolutely something you have to consider, right? That's, that's another pathway. So absolutely, we did that. We have someone, as I said, talking about multiple streams of revenue coming up that's, that's going to talk. We had someone talk about different technology to be more efficient. I mean, frankly, it used to be you could send someone a Word document as a proposal and they would look at that and they would write you a check and it would get there in four or five days and that was acceptable. Well, now there's other tech that you have to use for that because most of these, you know, they don't, they don't go to the post office. They don't want to open the mailbox. I mean, you know, they say that COVID can be transmitted via the mail and via cardboard. Some people say that. I'm not a scientist, so I'm mm -hmm. not Dr. Fauci. I'm not saying that, but some people believe that. It's well, a concern. That's it's, a, it's a legitimate yeah. concern. Absolutely. Yeah. Right? So all these things, right, you have to be more technical. So we had someone uh, come in and talked about that. We've had, you know, we have folks that are going to talk about how to take your book and really, again, spread that out so that it's more valuable. So absolutely, Dave, we are all about kind of reshuffling the deck and, and widening out and taking your deep expertise, your deep knowledge of your topic and spreading that out. Because again, some people want a book, some people want a webinar, some people want a video, some people want a podcast, some want a newsletter, some want a, an hour program, some want a membership site, some want a mastermind. I mean, whatever that is, you have to be willing and able to pivot to that as people ask for that. Now notice I did not say though, you don't have to build it before they buy it. You just offer it, and then once they say yes and you get enough there, well, now you build it, right? Now you can build it because, frankly, it's never been easier. But those are the types of things that we're absolutely talking about at our NSA Central Florida meetings. You know, it goes back to the drill versus the hole, the old analogy, right? Are you selling drills or are you selling holes, right? So you're, you're a speaker, and you're, you know, Mr. or Mrs. NSA member, National Speakers Association member. You're a speaker. Your job is to deliver value through communication that can help improve people's businesses or lives, 
Okay, that's your job. You're not your job is not walking up on stage and delivering entertaining and educational content. No, your job is helping people improve their businesses or lives through a communication message that you've worked on for years and years. So we are not able to be in front of people now. What are some other ways to deliver that message? You can call people and do it one on one on the phone. You can do it via video to the same audience that you would do it normally on a stage, or you can use live stream to do it so that it's real time and they can see you trip and stumble in your living room. Or you can do it via webinar, or you can do it via a private education session. But if you focus on what your job really is, then you realize that I'm not a speaker. Speaker Speaking is just a form of media. Speaker is a speaking is a delivery system to get the value I provide in front of people. Yeah, that, Dave, that's true. And I, I just want to say one thing to that, and that is it used to be that people had to fill a slot. You talked before about Powell and Schwarzkopf and being before and after. And I want you to think about that, right? If you've ever been to a big association meeting, if it's four days, they have a keynote, an opening and a closing keynote. And then one day they also have a big hitter that comes in and speaks. So that's eight, 10, 12 slots over uh, four days. And you know, some people want leadership, some want sales, some want industry trends, some want that. So really there were slots. Well, now here's the thing. There's no more slots because everybody's working, right? There's, there's no more slots. So now you really do have to deliver something that changes their brain because they're no longer just putting butts in the seats. Now you actually have to deliver value because otherwise I'm going to say, well, hey team, just go back to work. Don't waste your time with this stuff. This is no good. In which case, a couple people hear that and they're like, I'm not hiring that person. They're not worth it. So just something to consider here because a lot of folks were like, well, I didn't have to worry about value before. I was really entertaining on stage. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, guess what? Now you do. You know, everybody's, everybody's heard the starfish story. Everybody's heard the spider crossing the river story. You know, we don't, we don't need that. We don't need the American flag and the patriotic music backdrop. Um, they want something that's going to help them make money, reduce risk, or save money. That's what they're looking for, right? If it's, if it's not a business-to-business -business event, they want something that's going to improve the quality of their life. That's, you know, lose weight, get more done, improve the quality of their life. So, you know, if I, if I was hiring speakers, I would say, what is my audience going to take away and why are they going to remember you? And, you know, if you're the guy on stilts, I don't know that I want you because I don't necessarily want my audience to remember the guy on stilts. You know, I don't, you know, uh, magic trick. You, you re Are you really going to do a magic trick? You know, anybody who busts out a ventriloquist dummy. No, there's no, we don't, you know, I, I mean, value is what this has always been about. And I think candidly, this industry, the speaking industry has uh, shared really bad advice. And I'm, I'm interested in your opinion. And I hope, you know, I don't hope you disagree with me, but if you do, we'll have a good dialogue about it. The, the philosophy of you can always find another audience, but it's hard to come up with another speech. Well, that's crap. You're supposed to be an expert. So if you're an expert on leadership, you better be able to customize your leadership talk to be leadership for breeders of potbelly pigs or leadership for litigators or leadership for tow truck operators or leadership for caterers. I don't want to hear the same leadership speech that you gave to another association because everybody thinks they're different. Everybody thinks they're unique. What do you think, Phil? 
Well, I, I think parts of your speech can stay for sure, right? There's some universal truth, and that's absolutely true. That might be the foundation upon which you build your program. But beyond that, you have to be more relevant than ever. Um, you have to show up and do that. And I see folks, frankly, that do this by doing the research and finding relevant examples in the space. You notice Dave did not say, and I will never say, you have to actually have worked in the tow truck operator space in order to have a be, talk to that group. We did not say that, but we did say, you have to understand what their problems are. You do have to understand an actual solution to that. And they have different challenges than the uh, American Payroll Association, right? So you need to really consider that and think about, okay, so what is different? And if you're going to use that old tried and true example, you have to be able to connect that then to today. You have to be able to connect that to your audience and you have to be able to do that. Now, if it's just one speech, well, guess what? I can go to YouTube and I probably will see your best speech. Now, you might not like it because it might not be the best quality. It might not be something you uploaded, but somebody somewhere has held their phone up and recorded everything you've said and uploaded it somewhere that people can get it. That's just true. It's yeah. how it works now, right? Yeah. I mean, you can't stop that. I remember, you know, oh, no phones allowed. Well, we want people to tweet. We want people to Instagram. We want them to share it. But no phones allowed? Mm, I don't think so, right? That's a 1990 call. They said they want their event back. So no, right? That that doesn't happen. So you absolutely have to. You're be not an expert. you're not going over Derek Jeter's house. Jeter is Jeter is famous for having people over and making them put their phones in a basket at the front door so that they can't record or take pictures. <laughs> yeah, but see, that's a privilege, right? That's a privilege, and you can say I don't want to go to Jeter's house. But now, especially as we're virtual, right? I can I could take my phone, Dave, and I can record my half of the conversation, I can record the whole conversation. So we have to be better. We have to continually find new examples and find new ways of being relevant and ways that actually serve our audience. Because that story from 14 years ago, well, that's probably not going to resonate because oh, I've heard that one. And, and there are some though, right? People still listen to the Beatles. Mm -hmm. They haven't released a new song in a long time. There are always exceptions with the rule, but for the most part, for most of us mere mortals who are at best maybe a garage band, well, we need to come up with new tunes. Yeah, I, I you know, one of the things that I tell people all the time when they get so uh, concerned about exactly what you're saying, their intellectual property and people recording I mean, um, I think I'm a little older than you, but I'm old enough to remember a time when the Grateful Dead used to tour. And the Grateful Dead were the only band in the 60s, 70s, 80s that would allow you to bring recording equipment and you could record their live show yourself. And they didn't care. They absolutely didn't care. And it didn't hurt their album sales one bit. Well, I'm the Grateful Dead of speakers. I encourage all of you to be the Grateful Dead. I want, I want to be on everybody's phone. So record me. I know you record me in the supermarket. I'll give you, I'll, I'll do my best five minutes at the checkout line. Record me. I don't care. I want to be on everybody's phone and I am really focused on making sure that I give you value that earns my way into your phone. And that's the way you got to look at it. Be good enough so people want to steal your shit. I mean, you know, nobody steals garbage, right? <laughs> There's a Absolutely. guy who gave a speech somewhere yesterday on Zoom and everybody was like, man, I wish I had that hour back. Nobody cares. Nobody's stealing his stuff. So be good enough that people want to steal your stuff. If 
like uh, there's a, a i think mark cuban said it best if people start to imitate you if they start to copy you if they steal your ip innovate faster than people can copy you that's the thing you got to move on to the next thing and be so good be on the cutting edge of whatever industry you're serving that you know people can't keep up you know they're they're doing the thing you did last year i love that dave great great advice man absolutely innovate before they can replicate i think yeah. that's great advice yeah. and man. you you want you want to be on everybody's phone for the right reasons right i you i want like i would kill if everybody in the audience stood up with a phone and started recording me that'd be the greatest thing that ever happened to me uh, i spent in, in the beginning of my business i spent so much time uh you know filling out paperwork protecting intellectual property and I realized that without the exposure, I never had to worry about people stealing my stuff. If nobody knows about me, nobody can steal my stuff. So, and then I went to a few events. I mean, this is way back when I first started. I went to a few events and I saw people doing similar stuff and I'm like, man, I hope I'm not stealing from them, you know? So, I mean, don't get hung up on that. Just find a way to deliver value with your own voice in a unique way and make sure people take away from from the the time that you spend with them something that's going to help them learn something that's going to help them grow yeah and so, be super easy to work with dave to that oh point, my gosh right? yeah spend, be spend super some time easy to so work with. explain what you mean by that because everybody thinks they're easy nobody nobody wakes up in the morning and goes i'm gonna be a doft prick today and give everybody <laughs> a hard time explain phil what it means to be easy to work with Okay, so from the beginning, right, make it easy for people to contact you. Put your email address on your website. Have a contact form that works. Don't hide your phone number. You know, if, if you know that your audience loves social media, be on those channels and be approachable. Okay, so that's the, the first thing that I mean. The second thing that I mean is when people respond to you, in sales we call this speed to lead. When people do respond, get back to them pretty much right away. I mean, if you can, now I'm not saying 24, 7, 365, do not, that's not what I'm talking about, but I am saying, you know, in a reasonable time frame. most of the time, you know, people, they're not just talking to you, right? They're talking to seven people like you, unless again, you're that celebrity. So respond to that with alternate contact methods for that in the way that they reached out to you because that's the way that they prefer, not the way that you prefer, because they know themselves. They don't know you. And then don't make crazy demands here. So here's, here's the thing. If you're going to be on a platform that you've never been on before, you should check it out and see what's going on here. If you're in virtual, right, there's Zoom, there's BlueJeans, there's Riverside, there's StreamYard. You might be using, mm-hmm. You could be using a GoToMeeting, GoToWebinar. You could be using a webinar version of Zoom, whatever that is. But test it out. Don't just ask your friends, hey, so how do you use this? No, no, test it out. Check it out. Many of these platforms have a free version that you can download or pay for a month. I mean, if you're getting five grand for a speech, spend the hundred bucks and get the platform for a month. See what it looks like. Play with it. See the features that you can be really good at that. Make that easy to work with because here's the thing you don't want to hear. Oh, yeah, well, the last time we had Phil... He was like six versions behind. He was hard to work with. That, that sucked. So make sure that you have the tech and then be early. Don't just be on time. Be early. Because here's the thing. They freak out because they don't see you. Now, now turn, 
come in with your camera off if you're on a shared event because you don't want to take all the attention away from the from the main event in fact you might even want to consider change your name and then you can change it later right but change your name so you just look like a normal person not the keynoter that's coming in not the person that's the special guest because everybody will what's that what are they doing here and it'll change their focus so do that and then after the fact be gracious right say thank you share it on social media you know Ross Bernstein does the best job of anybody that I've seen Ross is not a social media guy he'll be the first one to tell you that I don't even think he's on Facebook um, but on LinkedIn every time he has a gig he takes a picture with their logo on his big board right on his big monitor and posts that and says thank you so much and then mentions all the people that brought him in really really simple but that graciousness I bet makes Ross loved by his clients because that makes him easy to work with they don't say oh Ross will you please 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 share this because you know that would really help us no just as a matter of fact share them share your gratitude share the fact that they did that because that makes you easy to work with and then last but not least when it comes to payment right just make it easy some people want credit cards some people want ACH some people still yes they want to check some might want PayPal whatever it is ask them the question that how would make this easiest for you and then absorb the three percent I mean goodness gracious if you're worried about three percent on every engagement on every invoice you send you probably shouldn't be in business because you're not charging enough so get over that fact right just get over it now again if it's a hundred thousand dollars three percent's a lot that's fine but if it's a hundred grand they're probably gonna want to wire it in anyway they're not putting on a credit card but for a thousand bucks five thousand bucks 150 bucks is not gonna change your life again if it is raise your fees to absorb that or say hey I'll give you a cash discount if you do and then bake in those fees I've got clients that I consult with that you know they offer actually a, a 20 percent pay in full discount if you pay within seven days of signing the contract and if you don't well then you're happy to pay more well that's an incentive right and and he gets enough of those every year that it covers all the other three percenters so don't yep. be cheap right just be easy to work with and and ask questions right if you're not sure if you don't understand something just ask the question and be available right if they message you get back to them offer them every mean of communication because um, you know some people do still like text some people still do like phone some people do like email it's not up to you as the speaker as the business owner it's about what do your customers want what do they prefer and then give them that that's how you can be easy to work with Phil have you had an, a, an engagement uh, a gig and folks we didn't set this up ahead of time so I don't know what Phil's gonna say here have you had an engagement or a gig where uh, you sent the documentation you sent your agreement uh, they paid but they didn't return the signed agreement sure all the time yeah yep. I have it. it happens to me happens with coaching clients happens with sure. big companies happens with individuals happens with speaking engagements so you know what I learned from that and I started doing it uh, a year before COVID struck my agreement unless they specifically ask and I work with a lot of lawyers and accountants people who are detail-oriented people my agreement is an email with a link to a pay site they can either they can either pay me with a credit card or they can uh, ACH or wire me the money. I put that right in the email. If they ask for an invoice, I do an invoice in a uh, in an Adobe uh, you know PDF document. 
The invoice number, those of you who really want to know the inside baseball, it's always the same, okay? <laughs> because uh, all I change is your company name and the amount you're going to pay me. But the agreement is three paragraphs in an email and the signature is reply to this email with I agree and we'll be good to go. That's what I do. If somebody asks me for a document, I use DocuSign and I have that in a, in a document but 99% of people will reply to the email, I agree, and they click on the link and they pay with a card or they, uh, they ACH me the money. And in the, just as a little clue for you, in the email, I put, if you submit payment, that is a substitute for saying that you agree or, or a signed document. And the terms in the contract Listen, don't go nuts. You're going to do a speech in Michigan. You live in Florida, okay? You don't need to put a venue provision in there because if they want to sue you in Michigan, you're not going to go to Michigan to defend yourself. So you're going to be screwed anyway. The only thing I would put in there is that you limit your liability to the amount that they're paying you. That's all you really need from a, from a protect my butt standpoint. You don't need all that you know, all that garbage. I mean, you know, I would put a line in there too that any video you have the rights to use and they have the rights to use. That's all you need for intellectual property protection. I love lawyers. I make a lot of money working with lawyers and I work with really good, smart lawyers. But lawyers are the quickest way to lose a gig. If you let your lawyer draw up a seven-page document you're not going to, you're not, they're not going to read it. You're not going to get high. They're not going to sign it. They're not going to send it back. They're going to send you a, send you a check or send you the money and you're going to do the work anyway. So let's be realistic. Oh, one, one final thing. You don't need an arbitration provision. Okay. You're getting five grand for this speech. All right. If they bitch a lot and you're negligent, you're going to give them the $5,000 back. You're not going to go to a $20,000 arbitration to fight over your $5,000. So be a human, talk through those things in advance, memorialize them in a three paragraph email, and you're done. I mean, that's part of being easy to work with. That's it, that's it, you know? And by the way, if there's an event planner listening, I'm not giving you a transcript of my speech before I do it. I'm not sending you the slides of the speech before I do it. You know why? Because I'm gonna do the slides the night before. Okay, that's just the way it's going to be. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and you think about that, though. And, and if you're an event planner and you're freaked out by that, here's the thing. If you hire a professional, they know about what they're going to talk about. But professionals are going to look for the most timely, relevant examples. I'll give you an outline. Program. I'll give you a yeah. one page. Yeah, that's I, right. I, pro I promise I won't use bad words. I, you know, yeah. I'll give you an outline. You know, and then when I show up, if you have any changes, I'll change. No problem. Yep. It's really not that hard. I mean, it's so comical. Being easy to work with is the best way to ensure you get hired again. Ask them, right? So, so ask the question even, do you want this on your paper or mine, right? Can I send you a contract or do you have a standard one that you use? I mean, frankly, again, to that point, it's $5,000. As long as you don't not show up, well, you're going to be fine, right? As long as you don't suck and you tell people, you know, burn the building down, you're probably going to be fine. So, yeah, stop with all the legal mumbo jumbo and just be a real person. 
doing business with another real person. And if they ask and they flex up, that's fine. It's their business. Yeah, how many, how many They're times way more felt- risk than you. So how many times have you talked to an event coordinator, an association executive director, and you're like, oh, I'm really looking forward to coming to your event. Who else is speaking at the event? And the executive director or the event coordinator goes, well, we've got Jim. You know, and you don't want to be the person where they take the big sigh and they go, well, we got this guy. If, if that's happening you're doing something wrong, right? Well, hey, Phil, there's you, and we're really excited to see you, and then, and they tilt their head to the side, and they go, we got Jim. Everybody loves Jim. Jim gives a great speech. He gets a standing ovation, but my God, I had to jump through six hoops just to get him to come and to get his, you know, to get his agreement done and his person. That's the other thing, okay? If you still have staff, and your staff is communicating with the person who's who's booking the event. You got to cut that crap out. All right. You're not. Look, here's here's my model. OK, uh, many of you know, those of you who listen to the show. Alan Weiss has been my mentor for years. Alan Weiss books his own gigs. Alan Weiss does two million dollars a year. He's probably going to do more than that, even in a pandemic this year or in 2020. He's booking his own gigs. All right. Until Alan Weiss hires a staff, I ain't hiring a staff. Right. <laughs> well, until I do 10 million, uh, you know, and I can't keep up anymore, I, I'm not hiring a staff. I mean, he uses freelancers to do, you know, graphic design and other stuff for him. God bless him. That's great. I, you don't, uh, it's not about in the, in the 90s and maybe early 2000s, it was about positioning. Right. Oh, Mr. Lorenzo is such an executive that you have to talk to his assistant and make appointments. Now you're going to a website, you're going to software, you're pointing and clicking. That's how you're making an appointment with Mr. Lorenzo. You're not, you know, or you're, or, or if you're Phil, you're sending me a text. Hey, what are you doing Friday? You want to come on the show? Right. Sure, I'll come on the show on Friday. Right. There's not, we don't, we don't, we don't work that way anymore. You're not, you're using flip charts in an age of Zoom. Okay. Look, if flip charts are your thing, you can be the flip chart person, but everything else has to be modernized. Yeah, Phil, absolutely. I mean, you know, and, and Phil, Phil's the best model for that. Look at, look at Phil. You want, you want to book Phil, it couldn't be easier. Phil gives out his phone number. His phone number is on the top of his website. His phone number is on his email. You call his phone. He answers his phone. You tell him what you want. You get an email. You're done. That's it. It's All right, Phil. Hard. So, like... What is uh, what? What are people asking for these days? Our clients, right? What are they? What do they want? What are you seeing clients looking for these days? Well, of course, they want more sales. Let's be really clear. They always want more business, and of course, they want less effort to get that more business. They want they want those shortcuts. Those those are the two big things that I get asked for all the time. Is there an accelerant? And how do I make more of that? And so when we think about those things, right, how do, you know, what, what are sub things of that? So that could be productivity, right? Hey, here's the top 20 tools that could make you as a business owner more productive. And I have a program like that that I'm doing in Dallas, right? It could be, hey, you know what? I'm on LinkedIn, but now what do I do? I've been sitting there for a long time. How do I use it? And do I have to automate all my connection requests? I mean, do I have to connect to 10,000 people? No, please do not, right? So, so don't do that. Um, the other thing that often folks 
are starting to ask for more now is a little bit of, okay, so I'm exhausted. How do I get my energy up to do what I need to do every day? I actually, you know, I, I have a, a little piece of my program and not a whole program, but a little piece of my program that talks about intentional gratitude. You know, that if people are looking to have more energy, to give them that intentional gratitude. Because I'll tell you what, there's nothing better than thinking about what you already have to get more of what you really, really want. So, um, you know, stuff like that. Those are probably the big things, Dave. And then the, I think the last thing that people are asking for is, so what's next? Right? What do we see that's next? And I'll tell you that I'm not sure what's next, but I can tell you one thing for sure. And that is whatever's next, you'll be ready for if you're open to change. If you're open to doing what's different, if you're open to not just following the herd, but really blazing your own path and doing your own thing and being willing to try things, because hopefully, if you're listening to this, if you're watching this, you actually are thinking, boy, I'm an expert and I just need more people to see that. So be willing to try and fail, right? Do it your way. Use your personality. I always wear bright glasses. You know what? I've had people that have said some pretty not complimentary things about my glasses. And that's about the nicest thing I can say. And I'll tell you what, at first I was like, that's, that sucks. Maybe I should not wear my glasses. And then I realized people recognize me by, by my glasses. And I recognize that when I, you know, when I give a program, I typically will wear orange. Orange is my color. It makes me happy. Well, some people don't like that's orange. Great. I actually had a a client come to me, Dave, if you can believe this, and said, you know what, I'd love to work with you, except you can't wear your orange glasses or any orange shirts. And I said, hey, that's great. I'd love to not work with you. So if that's, you know, that's okay, right? And maybe who, that's a who privilege. Who says that? Who says that? I, look, well, some guy who wants to power I'm up. I'm covering my body. That's the, that's the requirement. Cover yourself. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. So whatever. But yeah, so I think, you know, folks are... Folks are ready for that, and I would encourage anybody listening, blaze your path. Do oh it your goodness. way without being a jerk, right? Without being a jerk, but do blaze your path and shine your light because we need it. We really need it. Blaze your path. Do your thing. You know, uh, so here's I, – I, occasionally I get uh, something along those lines where people will say – like uh, usually I, the, the way this comes up is uh, I'm telling people they need to do video because they're, they're, you know, they're great presenters – uh, this happens a lot with professionals. I say, listen, do a video a week, send it out to everybody that you know, people will really enjoy it. And they, and they say to me, okay, you know, what do I wear? I can't do five videos in a row. I got to change my clothes. And, you know, no, you just, it just, it's about the value. Nobody's, my, my friends are going to see it and they're going to notice I was wearing the same suit. I, you know, there's, for me, that people worry about things that are unimportant. And, you know, your glasses, for example, I, I love people who do something, has, have a point of commonality that's, that's consistent through everything. So if Phil Gerbshack is, uh, is the bright glasses guy, I think that's fantastic. If you're the Steve Jobs guy with the black shirt and jeans, that's fantastic too. At least you have kind of a personal brand that people know about. Those of you who are old enough will remember, uh, I guess it was in the 80s and 90s, there was a comic named Gallagher. His thing yeah. was he smashed fruit on stage. This guy had his own show in Vegas smashing fruit on stage, and you're worried about Phil Gerbyshack wearing orange shirts? Really? 
Like that's, I mean, come on. This is, you know, for, for those of you out there who are listening, if you're not aggravating somebody, then you're doing something wrong because people get aggravated over the, over the smallest stuff. Now, I'm not telling you to aggravate everybody. You don't want to cross the line of 50%. You want, you want to keep at least half of the world with you. But, you know, your personal taste, if it aggravates somebody, you're not the right person for them. It's just, you're, you're just not the right person for them. So, Phil, talk to me about how you incorporate. You do a lot of marketing. We see, we see you online. How do you incorporate new stuff into your marketing arsenal? What's your, if you have a process, what's your process for adding something new, adding a live stream, adding a podcast? What is your process for adding a new marketing method to your arsenal? Well, first I listen, right? I, I listen closely. Like right now I'm listening to Clubhouse. I'm seeing what people are doing there. I don't know if it's gonna be valuable or not. I, I can see that there's a lot of conversation but I'm curious if it's, you know, unemployed marketers or if it's actually people that want to do business. Mm. And I don't know yet. And I say that I'm, I'm not slagging on the platform at all, but I want to listen. I want to understand. Then I'm going to play. I'm going to test. I'm going to try it out. I'm going to see, is it easy to use? Can I be different than other people on that platform? And third of all, are there enough of my target audience on there, the people that I want to have conversations with to do it? Notice I didn't say anything about, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm missing out. I don't care that I'm missing out. It doesn't matter to me. It's, an, it's not worth stressing over. I'm probably, I probably am. Okay, fine. I'm probably missing out. Great. So, but I do those three things. And then I just think about my message, right? Like my, my big core central thing is to humanize the, the connections, right? To make them really, really strong and really powerful and can I use that platform for that? And if I can, well, then I'm going to find new case studies. I'm going to talk to people because um, it's not about me. It's about other people. So I try to find other people to talk to. I mean, Dave, I've been podcasting, I want to say, since 2007, on and off. In the last five or six years, I've done it very regularly. Every Thursday morning, I drop conversations with Phil Gerbyshack on podcasts. And then I do Facebook Lives and LinkedIn Lives and YouTube Lives whenever I can, um, and, then I, and then I take the audio and put those in. And because I know that sometimes the stuff that I get bored with is not the stuff that my audience gets bored with, as much as I want to add a new channel, a lot of times I have to go back and revisit the old channel because that's really where my audience is because they look for me to lead. They look for me to lead. So if I take those three things, right, I listen, I evaluate, and then I test, and I look at that across every channel, if I do that and then I make sure that I have enough of the people that I want to talk to on it, well, that's when I'm going to take the leap and I'm going to jump in. Yeah, I think that's so great. I, I love I, I love your I love how you outlined your thought process there. Um, I'm I'm just I'm like I'm just like you. I for years I uh, on and off. I had different podcast shows. I loved doing the podcast. But after three, four months of once a week, you know, I just I, I, I was like, look, this this time is better invested in writing a direct mail letter or it's better invested writing an, e uh, you know, my weekly email, because every time I send out a weekly email with an offer, somebody signs up for something. Every time I send out a direct mail uh, with an offer for an event, people sign up for the event. So I thought to myself, listen, you know, that's the podcasting or even YouTube videos. They're just such an investment of time 
and I may not see a return on investment uh, from that time spent for a year because, you know, when you first start a podcast, five people listen to every show, you know, and yeah. then, you know, three months later, 15 people are listening. And then three months after that, 45 people are listening. So it takes you a year or two years or five years to build up the show. So it is really difficult to wind up getting through all of that to make sure your, your marketing platforms are diversified. So I shifted my philosophy going into 2021. And here's, here's what I did. I said, look, I'm going to pick three things and I'm going to go all in on these three things. Now, what does all in look like? I'll explain that in a minute. And the reason I'm going to go all in is because I want to be committed to these things regardless of whether I get business from them or not, because I've gotten some business from them in the past. I had a guy, you know, listen to my podcast and he worked for a big company, signed up for a hundred thousand dollar gig, listening to the podcast. And you know what I did? I stopped doing podcasts. Okay. I had, I had a company that I still work with today that pays me, you know, mid six figures every year to train a hundred of their uh, professionals and you know they took a year off we were scheduled to start in march they took a year off because of the pandemic i just started with them again how did they find me they watched every youtube video i put up so what did i do i stopped doing youtube videos okay so how stupid am i right so here's what i've i've decided look podcasting works i'm gonna go all in and i'm gonna do a freaking podcast every day until i master it so at the end of this year i'll either have mastered the podcast and I'll have a great course to sell you on how to develop a great podcast. I'll have developed business as a result of the podcast or, you know, the bottom line is I'll have had 365 fantastic conversations with people and I'll have learned a lot. How bad could that be? I'm here in my house anyway, right? I, I have 24 hours. I can dedicate one of them each day to talking to somebody new. So my point is don't pick 17 things and dabble and start and stop. Pick three and go all in and commit to them. Now, don't pick stuff that, you ha that hasn't worked before. Experiment with that like Phil's doing with Clubhouse on the periphery and then maybe look at something Make an offer. If you get some business from it, then go all in and see what you can do with that platform. Um, Phil, I, I want to just take a couple more minutes, and I want you to you 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 hit on Clubhouse. I want you to talk talk a little bit about two things that I'm watching, and I want your opinion on them: Clubhouse and TikTok. What are your what are your thoughts on both of those forms of media? Because I'm not. You're always on the leading edge. I'm like the second wave of people. Like I wait for people to jump on and I see how people are using it and then I jump in. You know, I'm not the last person. I'm probably in the middle of the pack. You're always on the edge. What do you? What tell me about Clubhouse and tell me about um, TikTok and and what you're seeing? Sure. Well, TikTok is. Let's start there. TikTok is interesting. Uh, and I actually like it because you can repurpose the video and you can use that other places. So, um, and you see what's trending and, and what it forces you to do if you're a TikToker, and I'm not, I'm gonna be really clear, I'm not using it, but as I watch it, as I observe it, I see that it helps people break out of their comfort zone. Mm. There are different dances that, you, that, they, that are going hot. You can do duets. So imagine you could sing Islands in the Stream with, uh, you know, Dolly Parton, it was her birthday yesterday, right? Stuff like that. 
<clears throat> and that's not something you'd normally get access to. I think that's kind of cool. Mm -hmm. That gives you an opportunity there to do something else. Um, is there a community there? Uh, business people. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But there is absolutely kind of a, a sales community there. There are people that are in sales that are using it, that are, that are sharing some insight. Um, I don't know if it's the recycled insight because most of them I see um, are the same people I see on every platform. Yeah. So I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of TikTok. Now, Clubhouse is interesting. First of all, it's audio only. It's audio only, which, eh, okay, that's, that's interesting. I have to really pay attention there because I'm not seeing any of the nonverbals. And if you think of a podcast with 50 people potentially talking at the same time, <laughs> that's Clubhouse. So I'm, I'm going to, you know, so, so far I haven't seen value there, but I'll tell you either of those platforms if you practice, even if you decide those aren't for you, they absolutely can help you on the other platforms because they'll make you more fearless. They'll help you develop content that maybe you wouldn't have delivered otherwise. They'll help you hone your voice. And frankly, they'll also help you with your personal branding because frankly, if somebody says to you, you know, Dave, that tie that you wear, man, that's my favorite tie. Well, perhaps, you know, you get enough of those people and every time now you wear that tie and Dave's the guy with the red tie or whatever, right? So sure. you think about that, that could be really valuable, but I think TikTok, for the fact that you can repurpose it, probably a little bit better, though the video, um, it doesn't flip, and I'm not real certain about the privacy on that. Um, and Clubhouse, I do see value, though, in the fact that you can build your own Clubhouse, right? You can get your own room in the Clubhouse that you could be known as an expert for to host it. They have to approve it, but you have to host it. And then you can invite people to the room at scheduled times, almost like you would on a Zoom meeting. And you just have regularly scheduled office hours. So if that's an opportunity for you to, to work with prospects, absolutely set up, try to get a clubhouse room that's approved and only allow people to invite. And the interesting thing about clubhouse is you know who invited who, so if I see that somebody's a wanker, I can know who that home person is, that ground zero for wankerness, and I can unfriend them as well, which is really helpful because frankly, you know, I know that I've over the years, sadly, I've got social media detritus, right? It's uh, that those barnacles that are on the bottom of my social media right. that I don't want to connect to that now and then they pop up with, hey, you want to buy a monkey? And I'm like, no, I don't. I never did. I don't know how I connected to you, but okay, thanks for the irrelevant pitch there, goofball. Um, so I think that those platforms are worth exploring. Right now, though, I see TikTok, again, for repurposing video and getting out of your comfort zone. And I see Clubhouse, if you get approved for your own room for maybe having weekly office hours on that. Great. Thank you so much for that summary. That's wonderful. Um, you mentioned something and I, I want to share with you. Uh, and yeah, you're you're a really nice guy, so you may not do this. But here's what I do when people pitch me. I have uh, in my email drafts, I have a, a, an email saved whenever anybody this happens on LinkedIn every single day. Right. So when somebody pitches me on LinkedIn, I copy and paste my own pitch and it's a pitch teaching them how to sell. And I pitch them right back. <laughs> I so love that. Rather than I, I used to get so aggravated with those people, but then I figured, why am I getting it? They're just trying to make some money. So let me help them out. Let me provide a little value. So here's what I do. I pitch them. I send them a pitch email right back. And it says, listen, 
let me let me teach you the correct way to do what you're trying to do. Here's a free video that will demonstrate what I'm talking about. They never go to the video, but I bet you someday I'm going to sell somebody and I will take that person who's out there just annoying the crap out of people and I'll convert them to a healthy, normal, well-adjusted human being. <laughs> so, so if you're sick of getting pitched on LinkedIn, don't, you know, don't yell at the people, don't unfriend them, just pitch them right back. I do that with unsolicited emails too. I don't have time to do it with all the unsolicited emails, but occasionally I'll get a really nicely worded, very well done unsolicited email. And the subject line will be good. It'll make me open it. And then after I get past my, oh man, it's another unsolicited email, I read through it and I'm like, you know what? This person may have some really good value to share with people, so I just, reply and copy and paste my own email in there. Let me show you the right way to do this. And I send it back to them. And you know, eventually something may come of it. The one thing I guarantee you doesn't happen is if they're, if you know, on LinkedIn, they're all about getting those responses because most of them are in mail and they paid for them, right? The one thing that will happen is you won't get another email. They're not gonna waste their money sending you another in mail or, or pitching you again on LinkedIn. They're gonna remove you from that queue. Um, but I, I mean, the way, the way that I view, it, I used to view it as a, a huge annoyance. The way I view it now is it's just, it's just some poor slob who's trying to make a buck. He just doesn't know the right way to do it. You know, that's all. Yeah. And if you want to be even quicker with that, Dave, check out text expander. Text because expander. It'll, yeah. It'll do just a couple of keystrokes. It'll actually send the whole message for you. Sweet. What's the, what's yeah. the website? Do you know off the top of your text head? Exp yeah. Textexpander.com. Or if you're a Chrome user, you can just search in the Chrome store for the word text expander and you'll find it there too. Fantastic. All right. So how do we get involved with Phil? What do we, uh, what, what can I do with Phil today? How do I get involved with Phil if I want to? Yeah, well, you can go to processandresults.com. That's my business website, right? We run your sales for organizations. We make the calls. We do all the work for you. Put it in the CRM, set up your tech stack, all of that. And you can connect to me on LinkedIn. If you can spell Gerbishak, you can get me G-E-R-B-Y-S-H-A-K. I'm the one with about 14,000 connections. My brother Paul, if you misheard my name, has about seven connections. He's a school teacher. He's not the one you want to connect with. Great guy. Love my brother. Not active on LinkedIn. That won't help you at all. Um, or last but not least, listen to my podcast. Search for Conversations with Phil Gerbishak. Again, if you can spell my last name, you can probably find my podcast. Pretty simple. Okay, all that stuff is going to be in the show notes, so people are just going to be able to uh, click right on that. Um, I'm looking forward to checking out. I didn't know about process and results. I, I'm looking forward to checking that out. That's a that's a really interesting offering. So we're going to have you back probably in four weeks, and you can talk about cool. once I study up on process and results, you can tell us all about process and results. And, you know, I love having you on the show, Phil, because whenever you're on the show, you give me an opportunity to vent. So <laughs> thanks. Thanks for coming on. Folks, this is Phil Gerbishak. You need to get involved with whatever he's doing. Uh, I'm going to put all those links he mentioned in the show notes. Just search for his name. Go to his website. He is probably the nicest guy on the internet today. So you're not going to go wrong by getting involved with him. He's a terrific relationship person. And he's been he's been my friend for over probably over 12, 13, 14. No, longer than that, 15 years now. So Phil, always a pleasure. Thanks for joining us. That'll do it for another edition of the Inside BS Show, folks. We are here with you every day. We'll be right back here tomorrow with more great value. Until I talk to you tomorrow, please make a great living and live a great life. We'll see you tomorrow.